You're listening to podcast audio from Radiant Church, located in Bay City, Michigan. For more information on Radiant Church, you can check us out on www.radiantbc.com or follow us on social media at Radiant Bay City. Radiant Church, good morning. Hey, the sun is out. It's not snowing, so praise God. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. If you are new with us, welcome. I'm the lead pastor here. My name is Marco, and thank you once again for making Radiant a part of your weekend. Hey, I want to just uh, begin this, uh, this service with really just having a family conversation. I want to share with you uh, just last year, sort of in review, as we share our annual report, I want to talk about not just your faithful generosity, but your obedience to the Lord and your service to Him and our city. So I want to spend the next few minutes just celebrating what God is doing here in and through us. Let's start with our financials and what came in last year. In 2023, tithes and offerings came in at $767,790. And I want to just um, share with you a praise report Church, for seven years in a row, our giving has grown. So we continually grow in our generosity. So this is absolutely incredible. For future generations, obviously so many of you have sacrificed our giving to this on a monthly basis so that we can build the vision that God has given us here. So that came just under in under $300,000. Special offerings at the end of the year, I'll talk about that in a few more moments, uh, just over $8,000 with a total amount of $1,073,495. Now, to give you that breakdown just a bit, I want to show you some numbers underneath that. Now, keep in mind, um, for future generations, building fund is not necessarily part of our regular tithes and offerings. So that number is somewhat separate, although it is in part of the whole as we look at the pie chart on the right. Our missions and outreach, we gave over $80,000 away this year, which is uh, just above 10% of that $767,000, and that's where we want to be. I ask the church to tithe. The tithe is a tenth or 10% of your income to give to the local storehouse so that we might see the vision fulfilled here in this house, in our city, our region, around the globe, but we also want to give out just as much, so uh, thank you for your generosity there. Our facilities and uh, operations... That is essentially what it costs to just do business in some sense. All of our lights, uh, the heat, uh, the data, the internet, the snow removal, thank you for all of that because it makes possible what we do here. Our salaries and wages uh, comes in at $370,731. It's for eight employees that we have here. Ministries, uh, $59,540. For future generations of building project expenses, Uh, came in at $220,131, and if you've ever built something in your life, you know it costs a lot of money. So that covered architect fees, uh, civil engineering, all the planning that has gone into it, Uh, but thankfully we have had that money, and it continually comes in. And then finally, net revenue, which is essentially kind of what's left over, what we haven't spent, $179,373. Now, that net revenue is really important because it really shows the margin that we have in our budget. 
uh, with, between me and our board of directors. And hopefully you have a personal budget and hopefully you don't spend everything that comes in, right? And that's the goal for all of us if we want healthy finances in our personal lives that we don't spend everything that comes in, but there's margin. And so here at the church, we have the same thing. We want to have margin to seize ministry opportunities or to take care of needs that we have right here in-house or sometimes things break down, as you know. So we have those uh, needs fulfilled and met. And so, listen, church, I just want to celebrate with you uh, your faithfulness to the vision here at Radiant Church and what God is doing here. But listen, these numbers are amazing, and I want us to celebrate, but they all just represent life change here in our city and in our region. This past year, listen, 153 people uh, either made a first-time commitment or a recommitment to Jesus Christ. You guys, come on, clap your hands this morning. Pretend like you're happy about that. That's amazing. And so people saying yes to Jesus. Hey, I want to share a quick story, and I totally forgot to do this first service because I wasn't looking at my notes. Uh, the last Sunday of 2023, December 31st, I believe it was, after second service, first service, I don't remember, a couple came up to me, a young married couple, and they said, do you recognize us? And I was like, you look really familiar. Long story short, I've known this family uh, for years, but it's been several years since I've seen this couple. And this was their first time coming to Radiant on December 31st. And they told me, we, we no longer live in Bay City. So about uh, eight months ago or so, we moved to San Diego, California. That's where we live now. And we just want to let you know that uh, we gave our lives to Jesus watching the live stream just a few months ago here at Radiant Church. So thank you for your generosity that there's a young couple, married couple, who are from Bay City now living in California. And they told me that they were in tears on the couch as they watched one of our services and gave their lives to Jesus. So listen, God is doing great things among us. 17 people went public with their faith in the waters of baptism in 2023. Now, I know some of us might think, well, shouldn't it be more? Great thought. And let me give you some insight from a leadership perspective and from a pastoral perspective. Here's what often happens with baptisms. More people sign up, and then they don't show up, okay? So we're like, oh, we've got all these people who sign up for, for baptisms, but then some of them don't end up, you know, showing up or following through, and there are some that we need to have pastoral conversations, and so uh, not everyone who signs up ends up being here on Baptism Sunday, so continue to pray for that because we're trying to invite people more to come uh, and be transformed in the waters of baptism, and then finally, 12 children were dedicated to the Lord in 2023, which is incredible because we love families here. Our kids' ministry is growing like crazy, and so we're so grateful for all that God is doing. I want to talk about serving our city. This is uh, part of the heartbeat of our church. Uh, Serve Day happens every single year, and of course, this year we had 84 volunteers, which was absolutely amazing. We had two work sites, Sleep in Heavenly uh, Peace. We had a build site for them, and then Close to Home Assisted Living. And then on that weekend, listen, we, we built 
45 beds for sleep in heavenly peace. And so I just want to say thank you, church. Thank you for being the church, for showing up, for serving, again, for giving. Man, you are truly being the church, and we together are making a difference in our community. Let's keep going. I want to talk about VBS, Vacation Bible School. Another amazing year, you guys. 95 kids in attendance. How cool is that? How amazing is that? 76. You guys are like, no, nah, it's not that great. No, it's great, for real. <laughs> 76 volunteers who served. And I want to just say something really quick about this. So often when we hold Vacation Bible School, we are um, welcoming families who don't attend Radiant Church, or they have no home church, or they just know nothing about Jesus. So this is an incredible evangelistic and outreach opportunity that we do, not with just kids, but families. So families are drawn in, and when they are in the back picking up kids, they're watching worship, they're very intrigued, and they're asking lots of questions. And let me just tell you, this sets up our team and all the volunteers to have all these gospel conversations, either in the hallway, in the parking lot, or somewhere else. So I want to just encourage you guys. This is an amazing thing that we have going on here at our church. I also want to talk about how we ended our year with Give Hope 2023. Now remember, I think we had a goal of, I think it was $6,000 if I'm correct. Um, you guys brought in more than that. We gave a total of $8,000, uh, gave help to 13 families here at the church. And then we also blessed our ministry partners, local global ministry partners, Sleep in Heavenly Peace, Good Samaritan Rescue Mission, Life Clinic, Blue Water Thumb, Youth for Christ, Iglesia Radiante Christ for India, uh, these are our partners that we partner with every single month. I want to encourage you that when you give generously to the Lord, when you give to the house of the Lord, you're not just giving to keep the lights on and the heat, which I'm really grateful for heat, especially this last week. It was very cold. But listen, uh, you're giving to, to bless the other ministries that we support. And so listen, man, thank you again for your generosity. And then I want to just celebrate, our, again, our kids' ministry, the growing families here at church. I want you to take a look at these averages from 2022, 61 kids averaged every Sunday. Now, listen, 103 kids averaged in 2023, and now you can ask the kids workers, it's probably like 118, 120 every single week. So we see growth in the house of God. Come on, someone, shout out this morning, celebrate. So church, um, I want to just say to you, thank you uh, for just shining a light in the darkness. Thank you for serving your city, serving one another. Thank you for your obedience to God. Thank you for tithing and, and giving. Um, man, it's making such a difference here in our community and around the world. And, and together, I just want to remind you, it's not just one of us. It's together we are making such an impact uh, with the gospel of Jesus, and lives are being transformed and changed forever. I want to read to you a quick verse. Proverbs eleven twenty five says this, the generous will prosper. Notice it doesn't say the stingy. <laughs> it says the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And church, you are refreshing others through your obedience, through your generosity, through your sacrifice, through your service. God is doing great things here 
in us and among us and through us. And I am so proud to be your pastor. I'm so proud of this church. And can I just honestly say that the best is yet to come? The best is yet to come, church. I want to remind you that if you want to see more of our annual report, a few more statistics, all the numbers that you just saw today, you can do that at any time. Visit RadiantBC.com. Scroll all the way to the bottom, and uh, there's a footer that says annual report. You just click on that. You'll be able to see this year's annual report and the year before that's annual report as well. So make sure you check that out in your spare time. All right, you guys, part three of our Seek series. This is our final installment of our Seek series, and Seek really is a message series. It's 21 days where we get to recalibrate our hearts to the things of God, because why? Because Christmas season for many of us, it's just busy, we're, we're distracted, um, our schedules are just jam-packed with things. It's so easy in all of those things, which can be fun, which can be even good, for us to actually lose sight of our relationship with God. And so really seek, listen, is an intentional opportunity for us to put God first. And when we put God first in our lives, everything else works out. You know what I'm saying? The problem happens when, when God gets last place. Then our lives become what we call dysfunctional. Our lives are dysfunctional in our personal relationships. Our lives are dysfunctional in the way that we spend money. Our, our lives are dysfunctional in just our worldview. Everything is really out of whack. But when God gets first place, it's amazing how everything has a way of working itself out. I'm not saying it's a perfect life. Uh, far from that. A far cry from that, right? It's, it's full of... of of heartache as well. But listen, uh, there is function. There is, there is a beauty when we place God first in our lives. And so our Seek series, really, listen, is the attempt to do that. And so don't forget, this Wednesday night is our last worship and prayer night for our Seek series. At 6.30 p.m., we'll celebrate coming to an end with some pizza, free pizza, by the way, for everyone here. So make sure you uh, hang out with us that evening. Now, the last couple of weeks, we've been in the Old Testament, and uh, I thought I was going to stay there, and nope, we're not. We're gonna get, actually going to jump to the New Testament, and what I want to do today is I just want to spend some time, and I want to just examine the prayer life of Jesus. I want to examine the prayer life of Jesus, and one thing that we notice about Jesus' prayer life is that he was extremely intentional about removing himself away from the crowds, away from the public eye to what? To spend time with his heavenly father. Like Jesus removed himself from all the chaos of his day, all of the distractions. And let me just use that as a challenge for, for myself and for all of you. Listen, if the son of God, like God incarnate, Listen, had to remove himself from busyness, the noise, distractions, everything that was trying to vie for his attention. Listen, so will we. So will we. We will have to purposefully remove ourselves from, from the busyness of life in order to be with him. As we read the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, we discover three things about the prayer life of Jesus I want to show those to you quickly. Number one, Jesus' prayer life was deliberate, right? It was deliberate. Number two, Jesus' prayer life was consistent. It was consistent. There was a, a pattern of a regular basis of praying. And then, of course, uh, Jesus' prayer life was meaningful. 
was meaningful. And we have the perfect Son of God as our example. But I felt like the Holy Spirit, when I came up with these, or rather when he gave me these, I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted to encourage you in this moment. Because I think when it comes to prayer, as we look at this list, as true as it is, as great as it is, I think many of us can look at this list and, and we think, man, <laughs> mine's not very consistent, though. My prayer life is not very deliberate, okay? Um, you know what? <laughs> there have been many times when I prayed, it doesn't feel so meaningful. It feels like I got nothing. I got zero, right, from that encounter. And, and many of us in the body of Christ can feel like this. And so I want to encourage you, this message and these points even, they're not meant to like burden you or guilt trip you, okay? Like guilt trip you into prayer, like that's going to do it because that never works. It works for about five minutes is what I discovered. And then it it just wears off, right? Uh, So I don't want to do that to you this morning. Rather, I want us to see prayer as this what? This this invitation, this invitation to, to draw near to God, to our Heavenly Father. This invitation to just take one more step closer to him, closer in intimacy with the Father. Not a guilt trip, okay, when it comes to prayer, but an invitation that that God himself is drawing us near. If you have a Bible, we're going to go ahead and we're going to look at Luke chapter 5 this morning, and uh, we're going to jump into just a few passages, or rather a few verses, I should say, five verses to be exact. Verse number 12 is what we'll begin with. I'll have the words behind me on the screen as well for you to follow along. But I want to just read this passage of Scripture. We'll pause for a moment to pray after that, and then we'll get into the rest of our message. Verse number 12 says this, While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Verse 15, yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. I want to unpack these verses and mark if I could get a water real quick. Sorry. We're going to pray, and then we'll be in the rest of our message. Oh, can I get a water bottle because this makes noise in the mic, and they never mute me. And sorry. All right, let's pray. <laughs> Father in heaven. Live stream caught that one. We love you, and we're so grateful, Lord, for the work that you're doing in and through us, God. We celebrate, Lord, all of the people who have come to new life here at Radiant Church. We celebrate all the people who have recommitted their lives to Jesus, God, and we just ask for more, Lord. To continue to do a great work in and through us, Lord. Uh, Father, would you open our blind eyes? Would you 
unlock our deaf ears? Would you soften our hardened hearts? Because uh, some of us have been through a lot of pain, and that has a, a way of hardening our hearts to hear from you. So, Spirit of the living God, we just pray that you would soften our hearts today so that we might hear, uh, see you, that we might apply your word, put it into practice, and therefore have our lives changed. And so, Holy Spirit, come and do a work in and through us, and God, be with me as I speak. May uh, every word I speak be your words, Lord. And so, God, we just give you all the praise and the thanks for what you're doing in this house. And go Lions, in Jesus' name. How many of you know that we live in a day and age where people expect you to be accessible 24 hours a day? I want access. I want it now. If you don't return my text message... What's wrong with me? Where are you? We want access to everything and everyone now. I don't want to wait. I don't have to wait. I can have it actually shipped to my house next day if I pay extra, right? Let me ask you a question. How many of you remember the days of paying for minutes on your cell phone plan? Raise your hand. Come on, nice and high. You're my people, my people. That's right. 500 minutes a month, right? Free minutes on nights and weekends, right? <laughs> Utilizing those nights and weekends. I ain't calling my honey until after 9, because I ain't paying for those minutes. Nuh-uh, nope. We talking after 9 p.m., babe. I remember in college, right, and it was 9 o'clock, and ooh, the cell phone could come out, right? It's like I could use my cell phone. And uh, those days are long gone, right? Long behind us. Now what do we have? We have unlimited minutes, unlimited talk, unlimited text, unlimited data, unlimited people, unlimited everything at your fingertips, right? Give me everything now. I want more. I want another dopamine hit. Bring it on, baby. This is the day and age that we live in where everything and everyone really is vying for our attention. In fact, Experts call this the, the attention economy, that literally on the other side of your phone, right, someone is making money to what? To, to get your attention. This is why when you say Domino's Pizza, right, you, you start getting Domino's Pizza ads on your phone, right, because someone's on the other side like, oh, like, send them Domino's Pizza ads right now, right? You're on BibleGateway.com trying to be holy for the Lord. What pizza comes up? It's like, what, Really? Get behind me, Satan. I will not have that pepperoni pizza, right? And so listen, this is the culture. This is the day and age that we live in. It's like everything wants our attention, and they, they want it now. And listen, the idea is if we often, we often feel um, attention in the workplace, and, and if you're the boss in your workplace, if you're like, I don't know, principal or something like that, if you're the CEO, if you're the owner uh, if, you, if you lead people, uh, you experience this tension more so than any of us. Uh, I experience this tension as being the lead pastor of Radiant Church. Uh, I want to just describe, to you, describe for you three tensions that I often feel. I'm willing to guess that you feel them as well. Let me, let me describe them and let's see if you can resonate. Tension number one, I want to make everyone happy, 
like my people, my clients, okay? That, that's tension number one. And listen, my family really needs me. I want to make everyone happy, but my family really needs me. Tension number two, I don't want to disappoint anyone. I don't want anyone to be unhappy with me. On the other side, I desperately need to have and spend time with God. Tension number three, I, ha I have to get this done now. I, ha I have to get this work done now. Right? On the other side of that is I I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I, I just need a nap. And so maybe you have experienced these tensions in your life. It's the tension between two seemingly good things. And now that I've described the culture and the day and age that we live in, I, I want to spend a few moments now. Let's go back to first century here where Jesus finds himself at, at really the, the, the pinnacle of his popularity, right? The, the, the really the pinnacle of his sort of earthly success even, you could say that, right? The height of his healing, preaching, and, and deliverance ministry. Literally, crowds are pressing into him. Sick people, you know, can you imagine, like, keeled over, <laughs> coughing, making their way to Jesus. People who are hanging on every word from the mouth of Jesus. The crowds are pressing in. The needs are great. And, and listen, I have to imagine, I have to believe that Jesus in his humanity felt the tension between healing and ministering to people and, listen, being available first and foremost to his heavenly Father. I have to believe, I have to imagine, listen, that there, there was another tension, that there are so many demands to meet, right? On one side, so many demands that the people never stop, right? And on the other side is, I'm Jewish, and good Jews practice the Sabbath, and I must spend time with... My father and, and Jesus maybe perhaps wrestled with these tensions, but again, listen, thankfully he was the sinless son of God, and so he, he provides a perfect example for each of us, right? This is the amazing thing about Jesus. And this is, listen, this is before Facebook Messenger. This is before text messages. This is before WhatsApp, okay? Thankfully, uh, Jesus, again, gives us an example to follow. And so when we think, oh, Jesus wouldn't understand me, wouldn't understand my work schedule, no, nah, no, 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 he, he would, he would. And he sees where you're at right now and, and in, your, in your workplace, and he sees how busy you are, and he sees the, the demands that people make from you, and then you, you have demands at work, and then you get home, and there are more demands there, and it's like, how do I do this? I can't, I can't do this. Right? How can I be good right here, but then good over here? And, 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 and this, this is like a problem, like just humanity has this problem. We wrestle with this. I wrestle with this. And so I want to just today, I want to just share three things that we learned from Jesus' prayer life. What do we learn from Jesus' prayer life? I feel like the Holy Spirit gave these to me, and I was so grateful because I was like, Lord, I was going one direction, and the Holy Spirit was like, no, no, stop, go this way. And I was like, okay. I want to share three things with you, and I hope that you can apply it to your own heart and to your own life. Number one, listen, prayer is an intentional decision to be known by God instead of being famous in the eyes of men. First service, it was like, oh, it was like a hush that came over the crowd. It was like, whoa. 
that like hits a little too close to home, Pastor Marco. Prayer is this intentional decision to be known by God instead of being famous in the eyes of men. Jesus had the opportunity to be famous in the eyes of men. He could have taken the show on the road. He could have made a killing. And Mark 1, 35 through 37, I want to read this to you. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, so this, this shows us how early it was. Jesus got up, he left the house, and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you, right? The, the, the demands of the people, everyone is looking for you. Come on, Jesus. Like, we got to go, right? We, we have things to get done. So Simon and his companions are like, Jesus, come on. We got crowds of people waiting, people needing to be healed. We have sermons that need to be given. Jesus, you're, you're, you're blowing up, man. Come on, don't stop now. Jesus, you just, you just reached a, a million followers on Instagram. Jesus, you were up to 500,000 subs on YouTube. Come on, baby, let's go, right? Jesus, that last miracle, I caught it on my cell phone. I posted it. It's going viral. We don't have time to rest. We barely have time for hummus, okay? We got to go. We got stuff to do. And here Jesus is, like, just removing himself from the crowd, from the chaos, from the noise, from the distraction of everyday life, right? Jesus wasn't trying to be famous in the eyes of men. Rather, he wanted to be known by the one. And so here's the question that I have to ask, and I have to ask it, of you as well, who do you want to be known by, right? Who do you want to be known by? And, and, and so many of us, listen, we live for the applause of man. We live for the approval of people. I want people to accept me. I, I don't want to let anyone down. I want people to like me, and we're, 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 sla we're slaves to that. And so often, we are known by the masses and unknown by our families. We're known by the masses, and we're unknown by the one who knit us together in our mother's womb. This is why Matthew 7, Jesus says, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. He doesn't say you never knew me. I never knew you. There's a, there's a difference there. You thought you knew me by prophesying in my name. You thought we had communion because you did all these things in my name, but you never actually were with me. You did all these things, the good things, right? All these nice things for me, but I, I don't know you. And this is the warning in Matthew chapter 7. This is the warning for all of us. Now, I get it. Like some may say, some may say, hey, 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 God already knows me. and He doesn't need my attention. God already knows me. He doesn't need my attention. Now, he may not need it, right? quote, unquote, need my attention. But here's the thing. You and I desperately need his presence. Come on, someone. You and I desperately need his presence. You know what we need? We need to hear the Father say, I love you. We need to be accepted, right? We need to be affirmed in his presence. We need our identity shaped and formed. And I talked about this to the men yesterday at church. 
We talked about that men must go to the secret place because when men go to the secret place, they have their identities shaped and formed. And if we don't get it shaped there, we're going to get it from somewhere else. Most men will get it from what they do. And we shouldn't get it from what we do, but whose we are. And so we need, listen, we need to run to the refuge in the middle of the storm. Okay. We need to find courage in the middle of the chaos. So he may not need us, but he's calling us to be with him, and we desperately need his presence, church. So prayer, listen, is always this intentional decision. Listen, it's an intentional decision to be known by God instead of being famous in the eyes of men. Who do you want to be known by? It's a sobering question. If you lead anything, this is the most difficult question you must wrestle with. Number two, our prayer lives should always be rooted in God's approval and love for us in Christ. This is really important. Our prayer lives should always be rooted in God's approval and love for us in Christ. And what I want you to notice with this point is this. I want you to notice that in Jesus' prayer life, Jesus never worked for the approval of people. Jesus never worked for the applause of, of men. Rather, here's the difference. Jesus did his ministry from the Father's love. Do you see the difference there? Some of you are not getting this. I can already tell. Jesus did ministry from the place of what? Of acceptance and love by his Father. This is my Son, right, whom I love. I am well pleased with him. Jesus' identity was shaped by the Father. So Jesus didn't go to the secret place to what? To earn something, to strive for something, to perform for God. And many of us, listen, many of us, may, uh, such a frustration for me sometimes. Many of us, listen, we, 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 we treat these things as a, as a religious obligation. What Check. Did it. Jesus, look at five devotions this week. Just letting you know what I did. So if you, you can come through for me, right? You're going to come through for me because look what I did for you. It's a bartering system, which is a religious system that's bound to just crush you. If I do this, if I show up, you're, you you're going to do this right for me. You love me now? Do you love me now? I, I pray three times. Do you, are you, do you prove me now? Here, here's the thing. Listen, so many people are caught up in a religious trap. And, and you're not working for his approval. You're working from his approval in Christ. Right? Why? Because Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all. He bled on the cross for you, so you don't go to the secret place because you've got to check a box. Because I should do it. I guess I, I have to. No. You go to the secret place because you're drawn by the Father's heart for you. Because it's relationship with him that's the biggest thing that, man, if I could speak into more of that, I would. Like, that's just like, I see that so often. It's like, it's like a religious bartering system. Why would God do that to me? Because I had five devotions this week. Why would that happen? And I would just say, because you live in a broken and fallen world where sin abounds much, where people hurt each other, right? Like, this is the reality of the brokenness of our world. So we don't run to the secret place, listen, because we, we want to earn something from him, like, right? I got you now, God. You, you got to do for me. Lower that car payment, would you? Now, then we run to the Father because 
He's calling for us because it pleases him to be, to be with him. And listen, it should bring us joy to be in his presence as well. In Christ, we're already approved. You're already loved. But you're like, well, I have crappy performance uh, in prayer. <laughs> Join the club, man. Like, I feel like Pastor Marco, like, it's not very meaningful at times. Hey, yeah, me too. Sometimes that happens, right? Hey, you know, Pastor Marco, I'm inconsistent. Okay, okay, yeah, me too sometimes. Yeah, I, I get that life. Guess what? He still loves you. He's crazy about you. He still likes you. Yeah, isn't that good? What do you mean? I don't have to perform? No, 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 no. You just got to be. Hebrews 4.16 says that we approach the throne of grace so that we might receive what? Mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And when we work from our Heavenly Father's approval, we don't have to perform for him because his love draws us near. And so prayer, listen, should always be rooted in God's approval and love for us in Jesus, right? In Jesus. Number three, prayer teaches us that significance cannot be established on a public platform, but, on the, but in the quiet and secret place. Prayer teaches us that significance in life cannot be established on a public platform, but in the quiet and secret place. Hear me when I say this. I'm not saying that you can't use social media. Many of us do. I do, and it's fine, whatever. But the heart's motivation is what I'm trying to get at here, okay? The heart's motivation. I want to read to you um, 1 Thessalonians 4, 11, and 12 from the New Living Translation. I think this puts it so clear. That's why I love this, um, this translation here. Verse number 11, it says this. Paul writes, he says, Make it your goal to live a quiet life, minding your own business and working with your hands, just as we instructed you before. Then people who are not believers will respect the way you live, and you will not need to depend on others. Right? Not saying that you can't use social media. What I am saying is that if you're trying to find your, your worth, your, your value, your, your, your identity, right, uh, significance in like a digital platform, you will be sorely disappointed and disillusioned. You'll be so disappointed. You'll be so hurt. You'll always want more. I need more. I need more. I need more affirmation. I need people to like me. I need people to love me. I just I need more. I need more. And it just, it just never, never ends. Let me say it this way. A life of significance can never be found in our accomplishments, but rather in what God says of us, right? I'm not saying that you can't accomplish things in life. Of course you can. You should, right? I should. We should accomplish great things and those dreams that God places on your heart. I pray that, that you chase after them with a, with a fierce tenacity. However, listen, we, we just can't find significance in, in what we achieve. We'll never find it that way. So let me just ask you a few questions this morning to, to ponder on. Are you trying to find significance? Are you... Are you here and you're trying to find your purpose and, and, and your worth? Are you here and you are trying to find value and self-worth? That's many of us, if I can say, right? Many of us. Listen, it, it won't come online. Let me be clear about that. It won't come online. It, it won't come through um, 
uh, chat room. It won't come through a public, you know, digital forum. It won't come through a blog. It won't come through a vlog. Uh, it won't come through a post. It won't come through a reel. It won't come through TikTok. It, it won't come from what you achieve here on the earth. It won't come even from how much money you make, right? It, it won't. It, it especially won't come from what people think about you and say about you. Hello, amen, right? It, it won't come from, from what people think about you. And I know many of us are tied, we're tethered to what? To people-pleasing. I don't want to let them down. Why? Who made them God? Why do they have so much power over you? Why are they controlling you, but you're not listening to the Spirit? You're neglecting the voice of God in your life, but you're doing what everyone else wants you to do. And so, listen... Listen, significance will never be built on those things, even though that's where many of us, come on, come on, if we're honest, that's where many of us we run to those places to find worth, to find value, right? It will only come from his words about you in his word. From his words about you in his word. Listen, church, our world continually tries to deter us from the quiet and meaningful life, and rather it tries to steer us towards what? A, a distracted and frivolous life. Filled with lots of noise, but no substance. Lots of activity, but no heart. Lots of attention, but no worth. You see, our, our world is consistently, like when you leave the doors this morning, like it's, it's going to start. And even for some of you right now, you're like, I, I, I got to write, I got to post something, I got to text, I got to get to my grocery list, I got to do that order, whatever it is. You're already thinking ahead and you're not even present right now, right? Because our world consistently pushes us in this direction of not quiet, right? But loud, distracted, and busy. And the Lord, listen, as we close this series, the Lord is really just calling us to a life with him, to be with him. And, I, and listen, I think social media is great. It can be a useful tool. But I also, as your pastor, need to warn you about the dangers of it. It's not neutral. So many people think, oh, yeah, you know, I totally, I, I don't believe anything is neutral anymore. I used to believe that. Nothing's neutral. Nothing. And so social media, listen, can be a tool. It can also drag you away from your family, <laughs> the presence of God, hearing the voice of God. Right? And any other thing that you can imagine. And the Lord would call us to this quiet, contemplative life with him where we're known mostly by him. Of course, our families, of course. But we're known by him first and foremost, right? Where our identities are shaped by our Heavenly Father, not in what we do, not in how much money we make, what we can accomplish. Look what I did, right? No, but by what he says about us. Right. Everything stems from our inner life, like, right? And we know this. And when our inner lives are, are, are chaotic and they're dysfunctional, everything will be chaotic and dysfunctional in our lives and we'll pick up habits and we'll, 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 we'll be addicted to something, whether it's a dopamine hit or uh, CBD, I don't care, you name it, right? We'll find that hit, we'll find that buzz, we'll find the, that, that, that confirmation or affirmation from something. We just, we just will because we're broken. And I'm broken too. And we're looking for it. 
And the Father says, just come to me, right? Just come to me. I want to review before we get wrapped up here. Three things we learned. Prayer is an intentional decision to be known by God instead of being famous in the eyes of man. And the ask you a question, church. Who do you want to be known by? Who do you want to be known by? Everyone or just a few? And the most important one being our Heavenly Father. Number two, our prayer lives should always be rooted in God's approval and love for us in Christ. We're drawn to the secret place, not because of a religious obligation, not because I'm trying to barter something from God. No, no, no. We're drawn because of relationship. We're drawn because the reality of Jesus makes it possible that he made a way where there was no way, that Jesus hung on the cross in our place. And so now we have freedom. Listen, the veil's been been torn, and we, we can run into, and remember the writer of Hebrews says that we, we receive mercy, we, we, we receive help in our time of need, and every one of us have need. Every one of us have need today, right? And so we don't run to the secret place because we want to check a box. We run to the secret place because we want to be with him. We want to listen to him. We want to hear him say, I love you. For some of us, that's all we need, just to hear those words, I I love you. And we weep in his presence, and we recount all the ways that we failed, you know what I mean? Like, these are all the ways that I'm failing right now, and the Father still says, like, I love you. And you're like, how is that possible? Because of Jesus. And like, "But but I'm failing at home, but I love you. But I'm failing with my family. I love you. But I'm failing at work. I'm dropping the ball there. And I love you. But I haven't done every devotional this week in my seat guide, which you should be doing, by the way. <laughs> the Father says, I love you. I love you. And we, we, we weep. And like, how could you love me, though? Why would you choose me, right? Because of his son, right? Because of Jesus. And so we're not trying to work for his approval. We're not trying to earn something, barter. It's not a bartering system. That's religiosity. And that will crush you. That's a crush. Can I just, that's a burden that will crush you, friends. It will crush you. Number three, finally. Prayer teaches us that significance cannot be established on a public platform, but in the quiet and secret place, right? In the quiet and secret place. Listen, I want to just end our time together with this. Prayer is not an obligation. And prayer is not a religious sort of guilt trip, okay? And that's not the message today. But prayer, rather, is an invitation. It's an invitation to be with him, to, to hear from him. It's an invitation to hear the Father say, I love you in Jesus Christ. It's an invitation for us to draw near, to confess our sin, to confess all the ways where we failed, to confess all the ways that were empty on the inside. And, and, then, and then the exchange is marvelous, actually, where he just breathes life into us. He affirms us. He accepts us because of what Jesus has done. And we sob in his presence, and, and we think, how could this be, right? How could this be? And, and, and then it leads us to what? To worship. To worship. That's when we say, that's not fair. And then the whole point is exactly, right? Exactly. There was one who paid the price for you. He paid it for me. 
So guess what? Now I have access. Now you have access to the Father in heaven who draws us near. Church, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you, and uh, we're so grateful that you just, you call us to just come near, to come close. And uh, Lord, so often, <laughs> we just don't feel worthy. If we're honest, we're like, man, I don't feel worthy. I haven't done enough this week. I, I failed in this area. <laughs> I dropped the ball in this. <laughs> I yelled at my wife, <laughs> yelled at my kids, kicked the dog, <laughs> whatever it is, right? God, I'm not even worthy, and yet we are reminded of the the gospel, that there was one who made a way for us when there was no way. God, I'm reminded how much I need to hear you say I love you, because so often I feel like I don't add up. And so, Father, remind me to go to the secret place, and would you remind our church to run to the secret place today, God, not to be beat up on you, not to receive a guilt trip, not to be, or not to receive condemnation but to receive your affirmation, your love, your approval, and your acceptance, not by anything we have done, but because of everything Jesus has finished at the cross. So God, teach us not to treat you like a religious object, but a Father who loves us, God. We thank you for your patience with us, God. We thank you that your kindness leads us to repentance, Lord. We love you, God. Forgive us for looking to other places to fill the void, God. Forgive us for running away from the secret place. We draw near to you as you draw near to us, God. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Let's put our hands together for King Jesus this morning.